Welcome to Career Competitor, the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. While you're here, I appreciate, firstly, you choosing to listen to the show. But whatever podcasting platform that you're listening to is on, be sure to take a moment now and click a fifth star. Let's say if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a follow if you're on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure that you're giving us a follow and subscribing on any platform that you possibly can. Don't be afraid to share the show as well with any of your network. And at the same time, be sure to head to careercompetitor.com where you can learn more about what it is I offer as a performance and leadership coach and see how I can help either you or those that you are responsible for to work towards their optimal self and realize their potential through achieving optimal performance. Let's get to the show. Okay, guys, today my guest is an online weight loss coach who empowers busy entrepreneurs and business folks, much like myself, to invest in themselves through creating a growth mindset in order to improve physiques, energy, and confidence. His company, livegreatlifestyle.com, is where you can learn all about his expertise and the lean body method that is helping clients such as pro athletes, New York Times bestselling authors, and world champion fighters become their best selves. I'm so excited to be welcoming in Luke Dupron to the Career Competitor Podcast. Luke, how's it going, brother? It's going, man. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's let's start in the right now. I'm sure we're going to rewind a little bit as we go through uh, this discussion, but let's just talk a little bit about what I gave you there, what I gave people there in the introduction. What is it we're doing today? What does a typical day look like in the life of uh, Luke Dupron? A uh, typical day for me? Oh, man. Uh, usually I start, honestly, diving into um, client data. So... Uh, I'm big on um, assessing all the data that my clients are, that are that that they're providing, basically to see where people are at, see what tools they need to uh, inject to keep moving them forward. Um, so that's a big part of my day. Um, obviously, I also handle a lot of the marketing side. So here we are on a podcast, mm -hmm. uh, spreading the message, um, and of course, uh, content creation is a big part of what I do to um, continue again. Um, Create, uh, driving that message forward um but yeah man it's there's a lot there's a lot of data diving into for me <laughs> and then of course i do coaching calls um throughout the day with clients as well that's awesome and I, I love already just from that initial insight is that you live in a world that is historically and and for so many right reasons very data driven you know we're talking about science we're talking about health and wellness but in terms of optimal performance and this is something you and i have spoken about prior to this interview there's a mindset component, there's an individual sure. component, there's something that, let's say the science can get you so far, but then yep. someone like yourself comes in and can really facilitate that process to true optimal levels, which is what we're all about on the show. What does it look like to truly perform at an optimal level to become competitive within your industry? So I'm curious, based on those sort of days where you're looking at the data, when you're looking at the insight from clients, as much as you want to maybe lean on science, let's say, Mm -hmm. What is your what is your initial approach when say oh the data the insight doesn't look <laughs> as good as we would necessarily want it to like what's that initial approach look like sure yeah yeah so this could be like hey let's have an emergency call here <laughs> right. um, yeah so the really the the value in acquiring data and and data could literally be something as simple as you know a weight check in or a photo food journal or you know logging on my fitness pal whatever whatever it is um, logging their actual workouts it's 
so we can actually address and say, okay, here's the end result goal that we had. Say it was, uh, we want to have a 20 pound reduction in a 12 week phase. And it's like, um, we're not seeing that result. Okay, great. We just need to be able to look at the data to say, okay, we're not actualizing on what we need to do. So there's the big um, reason, you know, and this tends to be the case versus if we're not actually tracking these things, it's very easy. It is very easy. And I, I could be as guilty as this as well to say, um, I mean, I've heard this a bazillion times. Oh, I'm eating pretty good. And it's like, well, what is pretty good? Pretty good doesn't really tell us a whole lot. And all we're really looking for is benchmarks from where we can make adjustments from. So it could be something as simple as like, oh, wow, okay. Like our step count has been low for the last two weeks. And like that's really good data because we're just trying to find points of leverage. Um, but beyond that to bring it back, like, well, how do we deal with that? And oftentimes it is psychological or even maybe li lifestyle driven and recognizing like, Hey, where you're at right now on this two week grind of business, realistically, we're not going to see that rate of fat loss that we, this ideal rate. And, uh, that's okay because we assess like what you're actually dealing with. Um, like maybe you have a launch going on in your business or some big fire that you're putting out or a merger or whatever, who knows. And realistically, it's like, Hey, maybe we're just going to hold the line these two weeks. So um, it is bringing people back, I think, psychologically to recognizing where we, we have to work within the, the constraints of, of their capacity and their unique life is going to be unique to them, right? Maybe you have a kid that's sick for two weeks and it's like, it's not giving up fully, but maybe it is pausing on some things. Uh, maybe it's holding the line and really just trying to keep people in the game in the long haul. Like that is the name of this when we're talking your health and your wellness, because what you do in really t 12 weeks is going to be inconsequential and compared to, to the year. Yeah, I love it. And immediately the the obvious thing you're saying here, it turns out success and improvement and progress. It's not a straight line, folks. I mean, I, I, I don't think anyone was naive to the fact that it was anything, anything but that, you know, so yeah. for me, I, I, I love hearing what you're saying here because it's you're respecting the capacity of the client based on whatever's going on within their world and, and so much you know for someone like myself that's been so connected with health and fitness and sport my entire life so much of the examples i've seen over the years of people when they get off the wagon so to speak when they really just say i can't do it it's too much blah 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 a lot of the time it's not because they're even regressing it's just because they've for whatever reason, for a small stint, they've not seen improvement. And that sure. lack of improvement is enough for them to say, hey, I'm getting out of this altogether. Yep. And so I'm curious when, because I think this is a message that it goes far beyond just simply health and fitness and wellness. I think this is something we can hear and, and learn from in all capacities of life is what does that message from you look like when it's, hey, I need you to hold the line right now. I need you to be patient right now. Like, how do you explore those emotions? Because it usually is an emotional situation. So how do you explore that with clients? Yeah, so this is where I'm really big and everything I do is individualized and it's helping clients understand like how they can personally manipulate all of these different leverage points that they have access to. And again, recognizing that there are seasons of life um, and then it's stepping back in. Okay, let's set some minimum guaranteed standards. And this is across this, this is kind of a through line through my entire coaching process with people. It's like I'm very big on setting minimum standards. We can exceed those, but we're always going to set our guaranteed minimum standards and week to week, these can adjust. So again, if some crazy weeks coming up two weeks and it's like, cool, let's pull those minimum standards back. And now rather than focused on the actual result of again, say like a targeted uh, rate of fat loss, let's just focus on the task. 
And like, that's the success factor, which really um, you could, you could play that game the whole way through to where, Hey, let's just focus on again, hitting those minimum standards. Let's go for two walks. Let's hit two workouts. Um, let's law, let's photo food journal, our meals. Um, even if, you know, you're in a situation where you didn't even have a choice of what you ate because I don't know, somebody in some meeting is providing it the action of just staying in the game by still submitting a photo food journal of like some crazy sandwich that you were just given, you know, and that can actually be a marker of success for that week. And that's fine. That keeps you in the game. And again, it is, it is about staying in this thing in the long haul. And, uh, I would say giving up the all in all out approach is probably key as well. Yeah. I love that. I, I, something you said there is as funny as that sort of the, the crazy sandwich example, may sound it's almost like hey listen i'm doing something right now that is would be considered maybe a defeat but i'm acknowledging it though at the same time Mm -hmm. i'm actually embracing the fact like hey i'm doing something here that goes against the plan that is probably going to create a little bit of resistance in my progress here for just a very short period of time but i'm actually acknowledging it and by acknowledging it i'm actually taking control of it in the process as well which i I love that yeah and you know Actually, you know, with a lot of, with a lot of clients, it's like, say, if, you know, I had, I had someone who, uh, they went on a family vacation to Hawaii and it's like, well, yeah, let's adjust some things, right? Like, first off, let's not go to the gym because you're going to go to Hawaii maybe like three times in your life. And I would suggest you not spend any of that time in the gym, but can we be more active? Can we walk the beach more? And again, this comes back to like success might be holding the line that week. And not putting on weight. Like that's a great marker of success for that, that week. And, um, I think that that's really important to understand. And even within a well-built plan and approach, like there might be a time period where actually having a dedicated rest week where you kind of, um, physiologically pull back some of that leverage and you can time those and, and, and you can coincide those with moments of, um, high work output to where you really aren't able to maybe dive in, as deep into um, say something like a caloric deficit or really hard workouts. And once you understand that physiologically, like, Hey, this is actually a benefit that we want to do this week anyway. And we're just going to pair it with your crazy time. So again, not, uh, you know, seeing that targeted fat loss that week, like, Hey, that's still success because we actually wanted to maybe like put the brakes on for a little bit, like with mm-hmm. some, with some dedicated, you know, diet breaks. I really like it because for me, with my background in sport, so much of what you're referencing here has this athlete mindset towards it in terms of approaching things. You use the word seasonal before. like It is a season. There's season to season to season in terms of how people are approaching their health and fitness. And whether they may be, you know, they're not running as fast as an elite athlete, swimming as fast, lifting as heavy, whatever it may be. But there are parameters that those athletes live their lives by that can mm-hmm. be learned from from you know every day you and me and 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 so i think being able to embrace and say hey you do realize that those elite athletes out there you know they have downtime they have easy yeah, yeah. they they take it easy they sometimes eat badly too whole oh my yeah. gosh you know like just it's insane to think right but it's true because they need that almost to remain human if you will and i think sure. sometimes when we hear this health and wellness path, it's like, oh my gosh, what am I taking on? How much is this going to change my lifestyle? <laughs> yeah. You know, what maneuverability am I, if, if any, am I going to have moving forwards? You know, this is a, this is a huge, this is a big conversation I often have in the beginning um, when I work with a client is I do think there's a, a massive misconception of what it takes to improve your health, improve your wellness. And much of the 
exposure that I think people are having is does come from the bodybuilding world, which there's many great things to learn from the bodybuilding community as far as manipulating body composition, drive, dedication, focus, all of these amazing things. However, to get to a place where I think most people want, which is to have a physique that they're, that they're, that they're comfortable with, proud of, have energy, um, you don't have to go down that bodybuilder path. And so I do think there's a little bit of a misconception of what it takes. And, you know, something as simple as like, you got to go to the gym every day. In fact, for the 99% of the people, myself included, I would never recommend a everyday training program. It's actually going to be an in, uh, efficient plan. So I think people... There's a, there's a misunderstanding of really the, the, the cost of, of what it takes. Um, and it's pulling people back and understanding. Uh, and then with the business folks, I, I, I often share this. It's like most people who are, who are misappropriating their, their energy, they're approaching it like a um, marketing launch when really your health and wellness needs to exist more like a business plan. It has to have this longer term kind of foundational approach and uh, it, it can't be this all consuming effort. And unfortunately, again, most people, they, they try to go all in. They think, okay, for the next 90 days, like a, like a marketing launch, we're going to buckle down and get this done. And the reality is you're not going to speed up physiology that much faster with that much extra effort. And instead, if we play that long game, man, you can have some really radical uh, improvements in your, in your wellness. Yeah, and that's some some fantastic insight just in terms of so many different areas of of life. But keeping on this theme of, of health and wellness, something you said there of just sort of understanding the cost of what it takes. And I, I will say this that you know, when you and I first spoke, we had probably about a fifteen minute chat about what it looks like to be, you know, accountable of the self. And sure. I, I think for me, I mean, we should have just pressed record right there and just recorded that. Part. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I wanted to purposely get into this um, within this interview because once a client, let's say, understands, okay, the cost of what it takes isn't necessarily as, as grand as I thought it may be. However, there's still a commitment. There's still accountability that needs to be implemented. Yep. You and I are very much cut from the same cloth. We talked about that off air, like this notion of, hey, I, I don't need someone to tell me to get up and go do this and go do this. I'm I, I listen to my alarm and I get in my car and I go to the gym or I listen to my alarm and I hop on the road and I start riding my bike, whatever it is. I'm, I'm, I'm accustomed to that and I know you do the similar thing. But when it comes to truly teaching self-accountability, something that I know you're so passionate about, one, where does that even start? But two, where are you trying to sort of go to with that? Like, What are you truly trying to teach people? Yeah, this is where, again, it comes back to, I think you have to first start with that that recognition of like what you're trying to take on it's realistic and that it's not this big grandiose thing um and like can you work out a few times per week you already eat food so you're likely just going to be making adjustments that's not even an add in right that's just an adjustment um and then again within the within the constraints of what i do it's just having certain kpis and then it's recognizing like I'm here to support, assist, I can help make adjustments, but ultimately it's on you to execute. And something as simple as like having to, again, input that data, like input your weight checks. And this is where, again, you have to like kind of step up and decide that you want to do this. And you'll, you'll see it. Cause I've, you know, I've had clients that, that don't have that to where it's like, Hey, you're not getting your weekly, uh, your, your minimum of three weight checks per week. Right. And, you know, there's a video the very, the very beginning where it says, Hey, put it in your Google calendar. 
mm-hmm. when you're going to weight check for these first two weeks until we develop right. that habit. And so um, it's, I think, really trying to give people small little um, habit-based uh, check-ins that they are required to do to build up a little bit of momentum. Um, again, when you start to see a bit of results, that's going to drive that behavior. And all of a sudden that self-accountability becomes quite easy when the feedback loop is fulfilled with the outcome that you're after. And, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, well, why wouldn't you eat food that makes you feel great? <laughs> that tastes amazing. Why wouldn't you do these activities? And um, it's just most people, they're not starting at that point where exercise feels good to them, where uh, again, eating these foods, like there is an adjustment period. And this is where some external accountability does help. Sure. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it does come down to um, you set you understanding what your personal KPIs are, your minimum guaranteed standards that you're going to hit. And now it is a game of congruency. That is what you were executing on. Are you a guy who's going to do what you said you were going to do? And that can literally be the game that you're playing. Not I'm trying to work out. I'm trying to do this. No, no. I'm trying to be a guy who does what I said I'm going to do. And we set those standards. Again, I say minimum guaranteed standards. So when, you know, in my intake form, I ask every, every person that fills it out an intake form, it's how many days per week can you train and dedicated exercise? Cause we still have to do some other lifestyle habits. I cannot tell you how many people say seven days per week. <laughs> and I say, well, how'd that work out last time you tried that? And it often didn't. So we scale that way back. Generally, it's like three times per week. Maybe for somebody, it's even twice a week. And now that is a game of congruency. Are you a guy who does what you said you're going to do? And that becomes a lot easier to create some self-accountability because it's challenging you as like a, a whole person at that point. Yeah, the notion of the feedback loop is something I've heard before, but it is something that is worth repeating because what I enjoy about what you're saying here is that that feedback loop will continue to evolve as you evolve, as you adapt, as you create these habits. And at first, these habits of doing the two or three workouts a week that you've maybe never done before, certainly haven't done for a long time, that in itself, how can you possibly know how your body's going to react to that if you don't do it for long enough? How can right. you, yeah, yeah. How, you know, you know what I'm saying? And again, with the food, the food is such a great example because again, if we don't eat healthy for long enough, then our body's never given that opportunity to actually adapt to what it means to fuel itself that way. Yeah. You know? So for instance, for me, I always love using this example because Chinese food is like my absolute guilty pleasure. <laughs> but here's the thing. Every time I eat it, I sleep like crap that night. Awful, right. awful, yeah, yeah. awful, awful. Because my body's at this point now. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing to me right now? This is just not what we put in us. This is not how we do this. Did you want to get any sleep tonight? Like, this is just <laughs> awful. And and so, I, but the only the only reason I can get to that point is from years and years and years of like 90% of what I do put into my body I, I look at it. I consider yeah. what I'm putting in before it goes in. And, and that's then, what I, that's kind of what I mean with the feedback loop. Yeah. And I assume for you now, it's much easier when you uh, are considering having that Chinese food. You're like, ah, maybe it's not quite worth it because I just I don't, don't do feel it like, anymore. No, I just don't yeah. do it anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. or, or at least, you know, if, I, if I'm, I've got a real hankering for, for Chinese food, I'll just look at something I can cook myself and try to make it as healthy as possible. Sure. But yeah, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, and, that, and that's where, you know, again, we talk about, I think there's a, there's a mis, uh, misconception on the cost of what it takes to improve your health and wellness. There's also a drastically um, undervalued benefit because you haven't experienced it yet. And I always tell people, I go, there's a reason that everybody that you personally know who's like started to exercise and starting to get in shape, they start being obnoxious about it. They start posting their workouts on Facebook and they're 
sending you pictures. They're posting pictures of their food and like literally it's right. like they're, they're obnoxious and it's because they're getting such positive feedback from it. It's like they want to share and express that. So you also have to recognize there's massive utility in pulling the leverage on your health and wellness that you personally are going to get. It's not this thing like, ah, oh, I need to do, but I don't feel a benefit. Um, like you feel massive benefits from this. Again, you sleep better. You have more energy, you have more stamina. You just have a little bit more like zest for life. Obviously the, the physical of, you know, you're going to look better and those things, but it really is this, um, I think almost non, uh, this very like whimsical, hard to identify thing of like what it feels like to feel really good. And you don't know till you get there. But once you get yeah. there, you're like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, why would I go back? Why would I eat the Chinese food that makes me sleep terrible? And that's where, again, now that feedback loop, it becomes very easy to execute on these things because why would you not eat food that tastes good, but makes you feel good? Why would you not do physical things that make you feel good? And so you have a massive positive reinforcement on this stuff once you've executed long enough to, to experience that feedback. Absolutely. And you know, the, the one thing that I'm really hearing you talk about here, Luke, is this, this notion of one, absolutely, you know, on the front end, committing to something like this and appreciating it's going to take time. But one thing that's really coming through, I would say is, is, is who you're doing it for the why behind you doing it. You know, you, you, you alluded to it there with the social media stuff. And I, I get it. People start to see yeah, yeah. positive change and they want to say, Hey, whoa, look, look what I'm doing. Look how I, I have a couple of abs for the first time, whatever it might be, you know, they, they want to do that. And rightly so, you know, it's important to, for those people to feel empowered by that. But underneath it, I'm curious for you as a coach, because I I see a lot of the same in, in, in the business world with the work that I do, is that sometimes they want to go and start obviously letting people know the success that they're having and the work that they're doing. And I'm all about it. But I'm curious, how do you keep people in that mindset of, hey, why are you doing this? Who are you doing sure. this for? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's funny. I just uh, sent a client a, uh, a video right before we hopped on. Um, mm -hmm in this vein. And so like I have an exercise called, uh, called the big why, and it's just, you know, a, a few simple questions to help them identify like, what is the, the core driver of why they're doing this? And it's okay to have it be something external from yourself in the beginning and have, um, again, we can say like a deeper purpose for this. And oftentimes it's for our kids, um, working with a lot of business owners, it's, they recognize like, Hey, I need to be like, as a business leader, like, as the, the, the physical presence of this business as the face of it. Like I want to like show up physically better and like, that's okay. And so creating as many layers, I think of motivation is, is absolutely fine. Particularly if it's something that like, you know, speaks internally to you and it is a true core driver. So again, your, your children, like, you know, when you are struggling to execute on say something like smoking reduction, Mm -hmm. which it's like, Hey, this is like a habit that we're trying to curb. It's like, it's, it's great to be able to reflect back and say like, well, why, why, why do I want to quit smoking? And it's like, not cause I just, Oh, I just want to be healthier. No, no, no. Like let's, let's, let's take that. And like, let's drive way deeper. And it's like, I don't want to die. And it's like, okay, well, what's the, what, like, what's that going to cost you? And we'll drive it all the way down. And I always use this example. Cause I, I do work with a lot of men and it's like, cool. Is another guy going to walk your daughter down the aisle on her wedding day? Mm and tethering that cost and right. you have to actually like buy into the belief of like i hate to say it this this negative outcome with that negative behavior and really like buy into the idea that like that's what it's costing you mm -hmm. 
And once you do that, like that type of internal dr- like driver, oh, I think true. is really useful too. And I always, I always tell people, I'm like, like stab yourself with that thing mm-hmm. out of self-love. Right. Mm-hmm. And once you get past it, we can maybe let some of that go because now we're being pulled through, through positive emotions of again, like feeling good. Like, wow, man, like I can, I can hike further now because I'm not like, you know, it's not as hard to breathe by not smoking, but in the beginning to like create that, that fire and that drive, like what's it costing you and really build in that, that big reason on why you're doing this. And oftentimes it comes down to family and oftentimes it comes down to business mm-hmm. for guys. I, yeah. And this is, this is the message that I was so hopeful that we would get to because it's, it's the powerful part of this. And we've kind of worked our way from this sort of more generic wider look at what it is you do. And now we're really hammering home like, listen, this is why the investment happens in the first place. Someone at some point has a huge why that pretty much interrupts their life for the yeah. most part, and, and just and looks them in the face and says, Hey, at some point, you have to care about this why if you don't choose to do it now, it's going to be too late at some point. And, and, yeah. and that is the truth for so many people. And I do appreciate as well that you mentioned leadership within what you were talking about too, because the work that I do with leaders, I always love these moments when they come to me to talk about what a leadership development program looks like. And the first thing I start doing is talking about, well, what are you doing to invest in you? And they're like, oh no, I think you misunderstood me. It's like, well, no, I actually, I didn't. <laughs> you know, I completely understood what it is you're looking for. But how are you investing in you? How are you prioritizing you? How are you taking care of you? Because you will always be half the leader you're capable of being until mm-hmm. you choose to do that, until you choose to actually invest in you. Yeah, and I think, you know, depending on obviously the size of the organization and the, and the, the, the scope of where, uh, how, where, where that leader is positioned in um, proximity to maybe the team, but it's like, man, I can't think of a, uh, a, a worse uh, I don't want to say company, but environment to like step in where I realize like, wow, the person like helming this ship, like this is such a stressful environment that they can't even manage their own health. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where is this going to take me? Mm-hmm. And I do think like as a, as a business leader, like you have a responsibility to show up in, I think, great physical health to say, uh, w- you know, within the things that are within our control, obviously, of course, um, to, to show that like, that's the value of this organization. Like it's going to create the environment, um, the, whether that means like the, the lack of stress, the financial resources, whatever it is to like actually be able to show up as a healthy human. Like that shouldn't be much to ask. And if you're looking at, I think the, the owner or the founder or the leader of a, of a business and you're saying like, wow, this, this situation can't even afford ourselves to have a focus on our health. Like, gosh, I think I'm running for the hills. Right. And and we are now moving into, and I would argue we maybe have already moved there, is this this notion of a culture of health. And it starts right there at the outset in terms of who it is that's leading that culture. And you, you have an option as a leader to to prioritize this stuff and be the example for others and, and prove that actually, despite the workload and the stresses that come with working at this company, potentially, there's always space to take care of you. And yeah. I think and- that's it's so important. Yeah. And you could, you know, you could, you could swap this out obviously for mental health as well. Right. Absolutely. Um, whether it's, you know, stress reduction and, um, you know, mindset work, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. If it, if it doesn't have, if it does not create the space for that and it's like, so here working at this company, I'm going to physically be withered down. And it's like how uninspiring and unmotivating, um, of a, of a culture would that be? 
<laughs> absolutely absolutely man but I, one question i'd love to ask people like yourselves um is because we are a podcast about competitiveness and as someone who is very much inspiring others to be competitive towards their health and wellness to always be striving for high levels and and, and truly empowering change what do you consider to be a day where you're like you know what head on the pillow at night that was something i can put in the win column how do you define the success is the wins um, within your day? Mm, that's a great question. Um, hmm. I would say uh, a, a good win for me is kind of similar to um, things I offer to my clients in that like, hey, am I hitting those like KPIs? Because I would say like, I am an absolute procrastinator um, like at heart. And right. um you know, I, I can identify as some of these, what I would say, like negative attribute attributes. So almost like taming those dragons is a, is a great day. Um, but ultimately, is it like, did I get done what I said I was going to get done? Like right. that is a is a great win for me. Um, and it really is, again, like set that set that goal, set that standard. And I mean, maybe for some person that's going to be like a to do list. And like, am I hitting it like that to me is that's a that's a winning day. And if you start to stack those, whether it's in your workload or whether it's in your nutritional habits, it's like that's what's going to create a win at the end of the month, at the end of the year, et cetera. Yeah, I love that. And it very much speaks to, to what we've been talking about. It would have been very easy there for you to say, listen, hey, all my clients are happy, then great. And it's like, but then you hit the head, your head hits the pillow and you're like, well, I didn't get anything I wanted to get. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know? yeah. So I, I love that you're <laughs> able to sort of see it. Like, listen, as much as I'm serving and as much as I'm guiding yeah. others, the priority at the heart of my happiness, my day-to-day well-being is is me. Yeah, has to be. Yeah, and I mean, and it's funny, like, you know, the uh, there could be a day where it's like, okay, you know, you've like done all these client calls, but it's like, okay, well, but what about like, have I done any outreach? Um, or did, am I, have I read anything new, right? Like right. it could get very, like anybody, you can just get consumed within the doings of, of your business or, or whatever, but it's like, what are those other little things that like you say that you need to get done and are they getting done? Absolutely, man. Good stuff. Well, I, you know, I'm sure everyone listening can tell we could talk for a long time and, and we have a lot in common. We see things from a, a lot of the same perspectives and we already joked about that off air. But what I would love to do here, man, is just give you the opportunity just to tell everybody where they can learn out more. I know I gave you, I know I gave your uh, email, um, your website address at the, at the front of this, but where can we learn more about what it is you're doing and really any other parting thoughts you think we need to have today? Um, yeah, easiest place to connect with me is livegreatlifestyle.com. Um, that's the, the social handles as well, but you can uh, head to the website. I have a free training there for anybody who, if they want to get into the kind of the details of how do you uh, set up and execute on improving your health, wellness, specifically if you're looking to lose weight, um, I do have a free training there. Um, as far as parting advice to people, I, I kind of always end with this and it's, and we, we touched on this as well, but regardless of the environment that you find yourself in, and usually I'm speaking to like your work um, environment, but it could be again, your family life, like kids, blah, 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 whatever situation that you're in, there is a way to absolutely inject health and fitness habits within the constraints of your life. And that is the goal. And that's that, like, that's the big rub. You have to do it within the constraints that you personally have. So it's going to look different for you than it is going to be for somebody else. So don't get, um, don't be unmotivated if you're looking around at what other people are doing and you're thinking, man, I just don't, I don't have the time for that. And it's like, well, okay, but is there something that you will have the time for? And I tell everybody that again, the cost, it is, it is not as hard as most people make it out to be when you get tactical and specific and you bring in some support, 
but then the value and the the benefits of writing that health and wellness ship, they are far greater than anybody imagines until they actually step in. Man, it's some fantastic insight on the on the back end of this. And I, you know, I always like to leave everybody with some parting thoughts as I will after we're we're done wrapping this up. But there's there's few better ways of wrapping this up than than making that uh, really impactful message there of just understanding the constraints and and really doing what it is you have time for. What a great place to start. And I really encourage everybody at minimum to go check out Luke's website. There's some awesome content on there. And as he said, some free resources as well. But listen, man, like I said before, we could talk for a long time. Uh, I try to keep it within about 30, 35 <laughs> minutes. And where, I, I don't know where that 30 minutes went, man. It flew by, but um, I really appreciate the time, man. I love the insight. And thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Hey, don't go anywhere. I've got my final thoughts coming up from our guest today. So please take some time, give it a moment, take a drink. I got a couple more minutes I need to get out of you. Some final thoughts. Here we go. Such great insight there from Luke. Really appreciate the time. And as I mentioned on a number of occasions there within the interview, easy to talk to for me. We share so many similar ideals and outlooks on on how we go about the work that we do quite frankly, how we live life and uh, just love chatting to and getting some awesome insight on Luke and really enjoy making this about health and fitness too. I don't do it too often on the show, but when I do, I love having someone come on who is incredibly reputable, has a great background of working with a highly diverse clientele as well as Luke has. And uh, as much as I really enjoyed that final parting insight that I alluded to there at the back end of the interview with the notion of understanding your constraints and you know doing what it is you have time for. I want to make my parting thoughts a little bit more about the idea of making adjustments, the ability to instead look at something as a brand new commitment or something that's going to revolutionize your entire schedule so it can therefore maybe become intimidating. Instead, looking at something and saying, how can I make an adjustment? Luke mentioned it there when he talked about nutrition. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, I've got to start over or oh my gosh, this is all going to be so disruptive to what I'm used to. Instead saying, well, as Luke said, I already eat. I already put food in my body. So there's some adjustments to make. There's some things I may have to remove and there's some things that I'm going to have to include. And when we look at it as an adjustment, maybe it doesn't seem quite as intimidating. But let's take that concept and just blow it across your entire life. Think about all the many areas that maybe you've not taken action because you've been looking at it as something that is brand new, that is going to truly interrupt how you go about doing your life, when at the heart of it, it may just be an adjustment that needs to be made. So we're not necessarily giving up as much as we thought, and we're not necessarily taking on as much as we maybe thought, but we're just shifting. We're just making some sort of correction, if you will, to the way in which we are already doing something. Will there be a couple things along the way that maybe are revolutionary, that truly do disrupt what it is you do, how it is you live? Absolutely, but it doesn't have to be where you start. You can start with an adjustment. So I love that insight from Luke in terms of what it means to simply see things, at least initially, as an adjustment. And when we make that adjustment, we start to deliver some momentum within these areas that we're trying to see some improvement. Really helpful bit of insight there, courtesy of Luke. And again, I thank him for his time. 
And when it comes to career competitor, guys, we are not slowing down. As ever, we are going to be keeping the content coming all the way through the remainder of the year. I'm excited to start churning out some content in relation to my book as well. So if you're still listening, Shock the World, A Competitor's Guide to Realizing Your Potential is out now. It is out now on Amazon. It is out and available if you go to my website, website careercompetitor.com. It's right there on the homepage when you get there. So just click on the link. You can get yourself a personalized signed copy from me with a message if you go about it that way. Otherwise, you can take the much more orthodox route that is that of Amazon. So I'm excited for that to start doing the rounds and people to be buying it. Love some sort of feedback on that as well, if you're able to do that. And in relation to anything and everything else you've got going on within your world, keep up the great work. Good luck with everything you're trying to accomplish at the moment. And I look forward to doing this all again with you all very soon. Bye for now.